Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview podcast. Hello and welcome to 10Q Interview. In today's episode, I talk to VA expert and fudge maker, Jen Spindley. I took a lot away from this one. I'm sure you're going to too. It's quite an interesting chat to Jen. If this is the first time you're here, I wish you a very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm sure you will. If you do, let me know your favourite bit on social media, at 10Q Interview everywhere you may look. And don't forget, more importantly, to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to this. It would mean the world to me and no doubt Jen too, if you share this episode far and wide, there is probably at least one person you'll think of who would benefit from hearing it. So make sure to let them know. Anyway, enough from me. Now, on to the podcast. Jen, good morning. Thank you and welcome to 10Q Interview. It's a pleasure to have you on this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I guess we'll kick straight off with question number one. And that is, you meet a stranger and they ask you what you do. What is it you're most likely to say to them? Uh, I usually tell people that I help them to make time for things that they want to do. Okay. So rather than, rather than wasting time on stuff that they don't need to be doing um, and procrastinating about the stuff that they should be doing, then I help them figure out all that out, really, and uh, and so make time for the things that they want to do. This sounds like it might be a timely episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> I also make outstanding fudge. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, so good. I've got two businesses. I've got the time management and VA stuff, and then me and my husband also run a business making uh, artisan fudge, do small you? batch fudge. It's amazing. Oh, two things I'm interested in. I don't really know where to go from that. Um, <laughs> so tell me, tell me briefly about the 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 VA thing. So I started the VA business um, end of 2019. I'd just come out of a horrific marriage and a horrific job, okay. um, both of which were <laughs> were narcissistic, abusive, um, and horrible. And they broke me, essentially. At the beginning of 2019, I had a bit of a breakdown. Okay. And I stopped the world and got off, and I had no idea where I was going with my life, no idea what I was doing. Um, chain of events, and, and I ended up being a VA to a couple of friends of mine um, well, without sorry, what, really what, knowing what being a VA was. <laughs> what, were you, what were you doing work-wise prior to that? Before that, I was head teacher of a special school. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was head teacher of a, a small independent school. Um, absolutely loved the job, but unfortunately, is the, the school proprietor was just a monster and I, I couldn't continue there. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was quite horrible at the end. But um, yeah, no, I, I got out of that, picked myself up, dusted myself down and, and went again and ended up being a, an assistant to a couple of friends of mine. And I didn't even know that being a VA was a thing that people do. I didn't know you could be an admin assistant from the comfort of your own home, yep. sitting around in your pajamas. This is, you know, <laughs> obviously way before COVID and all the working from home business. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I started doing that for the for those friends, and then I grew the business from there, really. Um, and in the meantime, I'd also met a guy, and we had another baby. So while I was on maternity leave, I had a couple of associates doing my client work for me, and I quite liked that that model where you know I had a couple of specialist VAs doing things for my clients yeah so I've now moved my business now more towards where I am the face of the business I help people with their time management and I teach them how to be more productive and if they do have things that they need to outsource then I find a VA that that does that for them so I have associate VAs who who do my client work for me who you know do do the work for the clients do, do people realize that they need it or is it something you kind of have to point out to them sometimes 
Uh, the outsourcing, very much so, you have to point that out. Yeah, a lot of people come to me say, you know, I don't have time for this. You know, can you, can you help me figure out how I can have, how I can be more productive in my day, which is, you know, I can do that. Yeah. But a lot of the time we find that they're wasting, well, not wasting time, but they're spending time on tasks that they don't need to be doing. You know, it, it's things like um, reconciling their accounts. You know, why are you sitting there putting all your receipts into your accounting software when somebody else can do that for you? Do you, yeah, do you do the exercise where you where you say to them like work out their hourly rate of doing that exercise? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you're charging eighty pounds an hour, then you know you outsource to somebody else for thirty quid an hour, and you're still making money. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just no brainer, really. So yeah, we do that. We work all that out, um, and it's also people as well that maybe they're not on such a great hourly rate. It's not, you know, that's not such an important thing for them. But what's important to them is having the time in the evenings to spend time with their family. So yeah. they're doing all their, you know, all their admin work in the evenings. They're working all day, going home, doing all their admin work in the evenings. And they've got just no time for themselves or for their family. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's an investment in, in monetary terms, cash terms. Pay somebody else to do a couple of hours a week for you and you get six hours of an evening back, you know, yeah. because more often than not, a VA can do things much, much quicker than somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing with the admin. So I assume, I assume money is one kind of barrier to people doing this. What, what other sort of reasons do people not do it? Awareness? Awareness, yeah, there's awareness. But there's also um, people that don't particularly like to delegate. A lot of people, especially those that have set up their own businesses, you know, a lot of people have done it from the beginning and they're very protective of, yeah. you know, this is my business. I must run my business myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that can be a little bit of a barrier sometimes. People just don't want to delegate out. You know, they don't want to let go of control, if you like. But you know, quite often it is, it's just the admin work, you know, they just want to let go, they just need to let go of the admin work and then they can, they can concentrate on the, the more important part of making money. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, you kind of skirted over it a little bit when you, <coughs> excuse me, when you're describing earlier, you said, oh, you know, you left this job and this relationship and then you started this business. Like, I feel like you're almost being a bit modest there because from what I can see from the outside and in, you, you've built something quite good actually kind of wondering what people can take away from this to say like who may be in a similar position to you were in before and now get to where you are now like I mean obviously I appreciate it might be difficult to talk about some in some respect but can people do how do people do that how do people sort of get on that journey or or I don't want to say replicate because that's probably the wrong word but you know what I mean like that there's probably people in a similar position to you who are looking for that out or want to do something different like what sort of could I guess advice thoughts could you give them to do that um well there was a catalyst for me um it, it like I say it got to the point where I did actually have a breakdown and I realized that you know I do have the strength to get out of this and I just need to do it I just need to leave okay um I think advice to somebody who's sort of dithering over whether whether to make that leap is yeah it's scary it is scary as hell Mm. but research as much as you can make a plan and have a backup plan as well you know you know accept that if it does fail then you might just need to step back and, and go back to what you were doing before yeah but just do it at the end of the day just do it there is no point waiting um there just isn't, you know, life is far too short. It's too short to be waiting for the perfect time. Yeah, it sure is. So VA was what you, you said you stumbled into? Yeah. 
You had no plan to do that. It was more of a stumble, and then you built rather than. It was. It's, it was essentially. I was a member of a triathlon club, and a couple of the members there were physiotherapists, a husband okay. and wife team, and they were just struggling with their admin. And they said, "Oh, you're dead good at admin, aren't you?" Because um, I was doing quite a lot for the club, you know, I was helping uh, the club out as well. I said, okay. "Oh, you're dead good at admin. You can help us, but we, you know, we can't take you on as an employee. Will you do it as as freelance?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that." So yeah, I just started doing it for them, and um, yeah, it was <laughs> quite accidental, really, that I just did their admin and then ended up doing admin for more people. Okay, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of amazing. I like serendipitous stories like that. I think it's well, you know where sort of people fall in, but. Tell me about the other one, the fudge, because I didn't know that before uh, we came on. Yeah, so the fudge, my husband and I are, um, well, we're we're just fudge lovers, really. (laughs) And fudge is quite an expensive product to buy. Um, So we decided that we were going to have a go at making it ourselves. Okay. Um, This is three and a bit years ago now. The first fudge we made just would not set. We couldn't get it to set at all. It turned into a cheesecake in the end. I made a cheesecake and just swirled it through. How was was the basic, um, I'm sure it's a lot more complicated, but what's what's the basic process of making fudge? Uh, condensed milk, butter, and sugar. That's the that's essentially it. Okay. Um, you boil it up and then you beat it. Um, so yeah, that's the first food we made was a complete failure. But you know, we decided we'd keep trying, and eventually we found or we developed really um, a sort of a, a mishmash of different recipes. We developed one that really worked really well every time for us. Okay. Um, but when you make a, a batch of fudge, you make a kilo of fudge, which is quite a lot to be getting through. Yeah. Um, on your own so we were giving it away to friends and family and they were saying oh my god this is amazing it's like it's a lot of fudge can be quite dry and crumbly and it tends to stick to the inside of your mouth but ours doesn't it's really creamy okay it's, you know it's a really nice creamy fudge it sort of melts in the mouth people say um oh. and so our friends were just saying you know you need to sell this stuff you need to get on the local market because we've got a, an artisan market here with cement they said just sell it on the artisan market you know okay. you just make a bit of extra pin money um and we're like yeah okay well yeah we'll give that a go but then it just it's it's been a runaway train we started this business in the beginning of january and we now stock 11 stores this year we do wedding favors we've got bookings for weddings so we do um, smaller bags as wedding favors we're currently supplying a local business with 100 bags a fortnight as christmas gifts for their oh, clients wow. sort of branded christmas gifts um, and we've got we've just had our website launched as well, so it's gone insane. My husband actually quit his job in July because it was it was just so busy. We couldn't cope with him working as well. That's incredible. Yeah, it is insane. But our our fudge has been described as many many things, but outstanding, lovely, <laughs> superb. Yeah, lots and lots of <laughs> lots and lots of good feedback. Um, okay, so if anyone who's listening wants to check it out, where where can we direct them to? fudgewithoutlimits.com fudgewithoutlimits.com yeah. I'm check Go it and out have a look. we are actually at the moment any any fudge sold between now and the 20th of november is um there's a small donation going to a uh, local hospice as well okay yeah good good um okay so you're a va you've got a va business and you've got a fudge business mm-hmm. i love that I love how that's just run away from you. <laughs> it's incredible. It, it's, it is mad. <laughs> is, there, is there plans for it? What's, what's the... Well, I mean, like I say, the plan was that it was just going to be a little sideline, but it's just a, it's a runaway train. To be honest, I think that's going to be sort of 
come beginning of next year, I'm going to have to make a decision about that being the my main focus. And oh, the wow. VA stuff is probably going to shift more to mainly the associates. I think I'm going to start doing some some recorded webinars that I'll just sell as courses yeah. um, on the VA side rather than me doing all of the one-to-one work myself. Um, but yeah, I think the, the fudge business is it's just going to take over. You know, so from a ta- you, from a time management perspective, it's yeah, uh, it makes so sense to to follow it. So have you scaled it? Like, I mean, presumably it was something you were just doing in your kitchen to begin with. Like, where's it at now? We're still in the kitchen at the moment, but we are looking at getting um, other premises um, because okay. it's just it's got to that stage now. <laughs> where we're, yeah, it's just insane. There's fudge everywhere. It's mad. I quite like fudge. That doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world to me. Um, okay, so fudge and VA is what you do now. When you were a kid, what did you want to be? I had no idea. I genuinely had no idea. Obviously, there was you know there was all the the usual stuff like you know being a girl back in the eighties. I wanted to be a nurse or a teacher. Yeah. I did end up going into teaching. Um, the actual teaching itself is great, but the whole politics behind it is just mad. It's really. It, it ruins the job, to be honest. Is, is that the, something the, that's got worse over time, or has it always been the way? Definitely, no, definitely, definitely. Um, it has got a lot worse. It's it's just all the backroom sort of. It's all about statistics. It's not about the children anymore. And you know, as much as as you see in the news about you know all the children are individuals and they need to be taught you know as individuals, it doesn't mm. work like that in classrooms, unfortunately. Um, and that really frustrated me because I really did enjoy seeing because I taught the the very young ones I really did enjoy seeing them develop and grow and 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 build confidence and everything yeah um but yeah no it just all became a checkbox thing it was like you know can they do this yet well you know they're behind and they're like well they're not (laughs) they're five leave them alone Mm. um yeah so it just it got to me in the end and then like I say I ended up in this special school I was head teacher there I loved it absolutely loved that job um it was just the micromanagement again it was just the constant being on my back about how I needed to drive things forward and and it wasn't about the children and I just become a business at that point it was yeah that that place was very much a business with it being an independent school it was all about how much money we could bring in Mm. um and and the results we could get and it wasn't about the children which is unfortunate yeah it's a shame isn't it yeah some of one of my previous guests was not happy with the education system to the extent where she's taken her children out of it and homeschooling. Yeah. And, and and she raves about it. And I mean, I've got two young kids myself, so it's something that's very much front of mind and you know, I think about a lot, but it's it's just kind of a shame that it's getting to that. It just seems like it's the way with a lot of things these days. It is. I mean, you know, there are there are advantages and disadvantages to homeschool, and I considered it for a while myself with my seventeen year old daughter because she was having a really rough time at school. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, like from a from an education point of view, I could have done it. You know, I had the, I've got the skills to do it. Yeah. Um, I just didn't feel that it was the right thing for us as a family to do. No. Um, I it say it's a it big ask, right? It's not a. It, it's it's huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, it is huge. But um, yeah, like I said, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I was little. Um, but I finally decided when I was in sixth form, I finally decided that I was going to go into the RAF police um, and oh, travel okay. the world and yeah, have a great time doing that. But then when I was uh, 17, I got pregnant, so that went out the window. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, life took a different turn. So. Oh wow, RAF police. I guess that'd have been a. I mean, that would have been an interesting job, right? It would have been really interesting, yeah. But you know, wasn't meant to be. It's just the way things go. Fair enough. Um, tell me something about you that not many people know. I had a, a fun time thinking about this. You sent the questions over before, and I had a fun time thinking about this. I think I'm pretty much an open book. People know, okay. you know, if you want to know anything about me, you just ask and I'll tell you. That's fine. But I think something that probably not many people know, because I don't really advertise it, is I'm ambidextrous and I can read and write upside down. You can read and write upside down? With both hands. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's uh, insane. Yeah, you don't meet many people who are ambidextrous. That's that's mm. quite a skill to have. It is, yeah. It's uh, it's quite funny. My daughter can also read upside down. She could actually read upside down before she could read right way around. Okay. <laughs> I'm to read upside down to see if I can read upside down. See, I think I can read upside down. Yeah, not a lot of people can, though. Huh. I guess, dear... You should have, that'd have been good if you were at RAF police, right? I was just thinking of utility for reading upside down. But <laughs> there are many, honestly. <laughs> Writing upside down came came in really useful when I was a teacher, though, because I'd be uh, obviously a child sat opposite me. Projector. Well, no, a child would be sat opposite me, and I'd be able to mark their work while their book was in front of them, so that they could read what I was writing as I was writing it. So that, oh, okay. that was quite helpful. <laughs> yeah. But that freaked them out, didn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay i've not i've asked that question quite a few times i've never had an answer but like that so <laughs> um tell me about one of the most pivotal moments in your life so um it it's kind of a chain of pivotal moments to be honest now when my older children were were younger my boys they were playing rugby and there was a one of the mums there who i'd known for years and she turned up in, in running gear one day and she said, I'm training for the London Marathon. And she was like the least likely person you would ever think that would be running a marathon. Okay. And I just looked at her and I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. And the rugby coach said, why can't you? I said, well, I can't run. He said, but why? Why can't you run? Why? You know, what's, what's stopping you? Yeah. And um, so pivotal moment number one was, was that conversation where he said, why can't you? What, you know, just go and do it. Stop saying that you want to do something and just go and do it. Yeah. Um, and then on from there, fast forward a few years, I'd, I'd been running 5Ks and 10Ks. And then my brother just asked me, did I want to run the London Marathon? And, you know, I don't know, you probably know it's, it's quite difficult to get a place in the London Marathon without going through the charity route. Yeah. Now, my brother works in, in central London. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. And he'd bought me a place at a charity auction. He'd bought oh, me a nice. place in, in the Marathon. The, the marathon. So 2017, I, I turned up to the marathon. I was part of a few online running groups, and I'd met up with a lady there um, called Geralee. And as we were heading into the pen, she said to me, it will change your life. Okay. And I didn't really think anything of it then. I was like, yeah, oh, well, yeah, of course it's going to change my life. I'll be a marathon runner. I can tell everybody that I've run the London Marathon. How, how, um, just and, out of curiosity, how had your training gone prior to doing that? I trained okay actually for the 2017. I I trained all right for that. Um, okay. I mean, I was I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> it took me I think it's five hours 27 minutes. So not a shocking time, but not the best either. But you know, I did it and I really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. 
And that um, was the longest you'd ever run up to that point, presumably? Up to that point, yeah, definitely, yeah. I yeah. think the most I'd run was about four, four and a half hours. So okay. I'd, only, I'd only run up to about 20 miles, I think, before that day. Okay. So another six miles on top on the day. Um, but yeah, so she said to me in 2017, she said, it will change your life. Um, so that's a pivotal moment number two, followed by just after I'd run the London Marathon, I was talking to one of my colleagues from work. And I just said to her, I said, oh, I feel really good after running that marathon. I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to do something really crazy for my 40th year, like run a marathon a month. Okay. And it, that was just a throwaway. Th- I, I didn't mean it at all. <laughs> and she, she just didn't stop then for the next few weeks. She was like, do it, do it, do it, do it. And so I did. 2018, I, um, it was my 40th year. And it was also the year that my daughter would have turned 18. I had a baby girl who died a couple of days old back in okay. um, 2020. Um, oh, sorry, 2000. So, um, yeah, she would have turned 18 um, that year. So I decided I was going to run a marathon a month every month through 2018 and raise money for Group B strep support um, in her memory. Um, and so I did. And then... That's, that's pretty incredible, right? So yeah, that, that is so that's pretty the, incredible. To get the timeline right, so 2017, you hadn't run any marathon, no. and then you ran the London Marathon. Yep. And then 2018, you ran 12 marathons in 12 months, right? Yeah. I mean, it didn't quite work out like that. You know, life has a, a <laughs> has a way of, of twisting and turning. I ended up February, I was poorly. I had shingles. So okay. that marathon actually turned out to be, um, was it 19 and a quarter miles? I ended up running that one before I had to give up. Okay. Um, in August, I ran an ultra. So I did 32 miles instead of 26. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Ju- June or July one, um, it was a trail marathon. And I, I've never run trails in my life until that day. <laughs> I okay. don't. Other than, you know, occasionally run over a field, perhaps, like yeah. mid-run. Um, I'd never run a trail marathon. And I twisted my ankle at mile 11. So I had to I had to stop at, half, at the halfway point. Okay. Um, so yeah, it it turned out to be um, nine marathons, a twenty miler, a half marathon, and an ultra. <laughs> which, which ultra did you do? Um, it was in Salisbury. It's called the five four three two one. So okay. yeah, that was in Salisbury. It was it was re- really good actually. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it was that that challenge. Um, you know, I mean, there's pivotal moments all the way through, really. But that challenge then, when I did have that breakdown at the beginning of 2019. I think it was that challenge that was keeping me going through yeah. through that year. Then when that was over, I had that breakdown. But, you know, I was sat there and I realized I ran a marathon a bloody month. I can get out of this situation. You know, I can get out of the situation I'm in. I can get out of the things that are making me miserable. Um, and I can I can start again. I have the strength to do that. So, yeah, I think that's what did it. It's an interesting... Um <laughs> it's kind of weird you say that. I, uh, it's one of my previous guests, one went live today actually, who said about um, expanding what you think is possible for yourself. Yeah. And I'd be interested to know if I'd asked you in 2016, do you think you could run 12 marathons? I know, I'd have said you were mad. Yeah. I just said you were mad. Like I say, I was, I was just driving home with that work colleague one day and she said, Oh, how'd you feel after the marathon? I was like, oh, yeah, I feel amazing. I, I bet I could do one a month. <laughs> and she just didn't stop. She just didn't stop hounding me after that. I said, why can't you? Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and, yeah, 
But no, there's no way. There's no way I thought I could even run one marathon. I think I thought a half marathon. The only reason I did a half marathon a few years previous, I think it was 2014, my first half marathon. The yeah. only reason I did that was because I could see the start and finish line from my house. I was like, well, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I'll have to give that one a go just once. <laughs> but yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier about you, you're a member of a triathlon club. So you're doing triathlons and stuff now as well? Um, I was before I had my my last two babies. I was a member of a triathlon club. I did. I do have a triathlon medal, but it's a bit of a cheat, really, because I was part of a team. So okay, one girl did the swim, another girl did the the bike, and I did the run. Okay. Um, I was going to do a triathlon, but I never actually got around to it. It's uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. It, it might be on the cards in the future, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a great pivotal moment. I like the way you. I haven't heard one like that where someone's taken <coughs> those learnings from something like that and then put it to life. So it's, it's, it's very cool to hear. Yeah. Tell me about some of or one of the most valuable lessons you've learned in life. Uh, well, it's a bit of a paradox, really. Um, don't waste time because you never know when it's going to run out. Yeah. But also, it's never too late to start. Okay. It's kind of a paradox, really. Because you like I say, that, that rugby coach who told me that I needed to, to start running, you know, just, just shut up going on about it and get on with doing it. He died suddenly, very suddenly. He was 48, I think. Okay. Um, and it was it was a day I was taking my son, who was in his training group, I was taking him to a birthday party for one of the rugby lads. Mm. And I got there, and everybody looked really glum. And I was like, what's going on? And they said, oh, Paul's died. I thought, pardon? I spoke to him last night. He's fine. But he had. He'd died overnight. He'd, he'd literally gone to bed and not woken up in the morning. He'd had um, heart failure from a heart disease that was undiagnosed. Christ. And it was just, it was one of those things that was just so shocking. You know, after, you know, he was the guy that had said to me, you know, don't waste time, get on with doing it. And then it changed he, your life, he, right? he, he just died. He, he Out of the blue, he just died. And I've lost quite a lot of people. You know, I mentioned my daughter earlier on. She died at two days old. She she never had the chance to do anything with her life. Mm. Uh, my mum also died suddenly overnight. You know, that was unexpected. My stepmom again, you know, she woke up in the morning, went to the bathroom, walked back to the bedroom and keeled over and died. You know, I have lost a lot of people really close to me very, very suddenly. And it, it, it is one of those things that you, you can't, you can't waste time. You can't wait for the right moment. You know, you can't just keep waiting. No. But then equally, you know, like I say, it's never too late to start. Just because you didn't do something when you were younger doesn't mean you can't start now. You know, we started a business last year. I started a business a couple of years ago. It's not too late, you know. There's, there's that... Um there's that stat that goes around on LinkedIn and Twitter every now and again about how old um, famous business people are. They talk mm -hmm. about like the guy, the, the colonel from KFC was something like 60 something when he started KFC and the Starbucks guy. So I think it's, it's, it's true, right? I mean, it's not, especially now as well, right? It's not like 20 years ago when you had to get loads of funding and technology was where it was that made it really difficult. Now mm -hmm. you could start a website in 20 minutes yeah um it's good advice um it's just a sh it's funny you used to talk about sort of the death making you kind of leading down that road like i said in one of my previous episodes about it's such a shame that we have to go through that um experience of someone dying 
to give us yeah. a kick up the backside to make go yeah. right. Life's too short. I That's it. Though. I mean, the, pr- the 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 thing is, though, we I think we're all guilty of it that you you don't think it applies to you. You know, you don't no. think things are going to happen to you until yeah, they do. True. You know, until either it happens to you or somebody close to you, you you think you're in you you know you're you're invulnerable. Yeah. I think we're all the same. You know, I think we all start off with that innocence. We do. No, it's very true. We are all the same until until someone you know is close to you or, you know, it's... That's what I mean. It's just a shame that that has to happen for yeah. you to, to get that thing, you know. Um, solid lessons, solid advice. Tell me about superpowers. I think everyone's got at least one. What would you say is yours? So reading upside down, not enough for you? <laughs> I mean... Uh, <laughs> I guess well, it could be. <laughs> um, I think I t- I'm not the only person who does this, but I just I don't see problems. I don't see a problem. I only see solutions that are yet to be found. Okay. So you know, if you come to me with something that you view as a problem, then I'll be like, okay, so how can we turn it around? You know, what's You're a fixer. we can fix this? Yeah, I've yet to be challenged with something that I couldn't find a way around. You know. I mean, you know, there are challenges that are unsolved, but that's mainly because the people that I've told to solve them haven't done it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's my superpower, really, is that I don't I don't give up on a problem. I'm quite determined that, you know, I will find a way. It might take a while, but I will find a way to, to help and fix good, it. It's yeah. a good superpower. Yeah. It is a good superpower because most problems are solvable, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about your soapbox. What is guaranteed topic to get you on it? Oh, I'm going to have to really restrain myself so I don't swear here because it really it gets my goat when people say that muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. Uh, okay. So complete, completely off topic. Well, it's, it is completely really... off topic. I wasn't expecting you to go there. No, no. It just it does my nut in because muscle does weigh more than fat. It does. Okay. Uh, people turn around and say, oh, no, a pound of muscle weighs the same as a pound of fat. Uh, yeah, idiot, a pound of anything is a pound. Yeah. But let's, you know, let's talk about it in terms of volume, shall we? What's heavier, what? an inch an inch of polystyr- an inch cube of polystyrene or an inch cube of lead? Which one's heavier? Why, why does that upset you so much? Oh, because it does. It does. I used to be a size 12, right? Back when I was running marathons regularly, I was a size yeah. 12. I was in the gym five days a week, pushing iron. Um, I was marathon training four or five days a week as well. I was eating healthy food. Now I'm over 40. I've just had two babies in my 40s. I'm a size 16 and I can just about manage to go for a half hour walk a day, like away from my desk. My my, my diet is not healthy at all, okay. at all. But I'm only half a stone heavier than I was when I was a size 14. Okay. So you're telling me that muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. I was much slimmer. I was wearing smaller clothes. I is, was it, is, this, is this not a bigger problem, though, about people using weight as a sign of, um, I guess, health or... Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this, this does my head in. You know, I look at the scales. I mean, yeah, I'm heavier than I'd like to be. And I definitely do need to lose some weight. I've got, you know, middle-aged spread around my middle. Hasn't been helped by the fact I've just had two babies. Yeah. 
but muscle does weigh more than fat and people that say that it doesn't just need a punch in the face really as far as i'm concerned it it, it, it does my head in because that that sentence a pound of muscle is the same as a pound of fat yes it is a pound is a pound yeah. we're talking about how much space it takes up <laughs> i just think it's funny i i I think if you'd have offered me a million pounds, I wouldn't have guessed that that was where you were going to go with that question. <laughs> um, no, that, that's, yeah, as soon as I saw that question, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it's definitely the muscle and fat thing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, tell me about advice, some of the best advice you've heard. The best advice I've heard and the best advice that I could give to anybody, and I do regularly, is to listen to all advice. Like listen listen okay. to everything anybody offers you a bit of advice even if at the time you think it's complete bs and it never work and it's just rubbish just listen to it store it up in the back of your mind because you never know one day you might actually think oh there might have been a bit of, a bit of something in that you know and and i always say uh, especially when people are having a new baby because you will get unsolicited advice from yep. everybody you know you your mother-in-law your mum the woman down the street the person in the shop everybody will tell you how you should be looking after your baby and yep. a lot of time i will give them the death stare because i'm like no this is my baby you can stuff off because you know <laughs> but i always say listen to everything and try it out you know at an appropriate time try out the bit of advice and if it works great stick with it if it doesn't bin it you know if it's safe to do so try out everything you know try things listen to all advice test it out test the theory if it doesn't work get rid of it if it does awesome we are all individual and no there's no one size fits all for everybody so yeah listen to everything and pick out the bits that you want to try out and, and test for yourself it's an interesting <clears throat> approach because a, a few people who have answered that question have answered it in the opposite and some derivative of oh you know don't listen to people who haven't actually walked in you, you know where you want to go or you know giving advice without actual real knowledge but oh i guess yeah, the way sure. you're i mean yeah there, there is that one you know listen to the advice but also be aware of where it's coming from because some people just pick it out of thin air you know yeah. plenty of people that, that just do that <laughs> i don't take i don't take childcare advice from people that don't have kids and i don't no, take driving advice from people who uh, don't have a driving license either i say that to my children all the time <laughs> But you know what's funny is that parenting and business, I find, are the two things that everyone has got an opinion or yeah, a piece yeah. of advice for you on. Yeah. Without fail. Yeah. It's quite incredible, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, stick that caveat in. Listen to all advice, provided it's coming from a decent source. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, when I had kids and sort of my friends, I was so conscious about giving or not giving unsolicited advice and I made it a real thing that I would not do it to anyone unless they specifically said can you help me with xyz and the thing is even if you do know like I mean you've got several kids I've got kids like no kids are the same so what would work for my kid probably wouldn't work for your kid anyway so yeah, yeah what, what, what worked for child number one doesn't necessarily work for child number six either like of my own is that how many you've got? Six kids? I've got seven altogether, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only four at home, though. <laughs> oh, I think I have a hard time with two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's good advice. I think, I guess the takeaway is be open-minded, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, but basically, yeah, just be open-minded and, and accept that some people are going to give good advice, some people are going to give tough advice. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Um, when you think about the future, what do you see? Uh, we're talking fantasy future or reality future? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the 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 big fantasy wonderful thing that could happen is that we've got fudge shops all over the UK. We've got loads of staff making our small batch fudge and everybody has got a pack of fudge without limits in their house. I mean, an empty pack because it's too good to waste. Um, reality, I'd really like us to have a local premises um, somewhere where we can make our fudge, have a couple of staff and yeah, make and sell it. And we're recognised as the go-to place for the wedding favours in North Wales. That's that's what I would like in the next 12 months. Is there a, is there a fudge brand that are something you aspire to or kind of doing what you'd like to be doing? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Rowley's Fudge are all over the place. They, okay. They've got shops everywhere, um, sort of top to bottom of the UK. So that kind of thing I would aspire to is having shops all over the place. Okay. But I don't particularly like their fudge. It's too sweet for me, essentially. It's, okay. you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's one of those fudges that's really sweet and it sticks to the inside of your mouth and, and that's not what we are. Um, but business model-wise, yes, I would like to have shops all over the place and I would like us to be recognised as, you know, when somebody thinks of fudge, I want them to think fudge without limits. Fudge without Where did that name come from? Um, it came from Herbie. Personally, I wanted to go with What the Fudge. Okay. Um, but Herbie thought that was a little bit too edgy, so he decided to go Fudge Without Limits. Oh, no, edgy's good. Edgy stands out, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that. Mm, yeah. See, I'm all for a rebrand, to be honest. But yeah, Herbie maybe you could it. maybe you could set up another company, <laughs> and um, and just produce both, right? Yeah, well. You could compete it. against each other, and you could get like some rivalry going on social media where you start attacking each other, and then it's just. And then people will want to buy one of each to test it to see if it's good. You double your double your sales. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> okay, so so it's interesting. Then. So of your two businesses, it sounds to me like fudge is really where you kind of would like to see things go. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I keep saying it's a runaway train that's taken over itself, but if I'm being honest, it is probably the one I enjoy the most. Okay. Um, yeah, I do. I. I it's good fun doing that, but because I actually get to meet people as well. You know, being a VA can be quite lonely. I mean, you know, I talk to people via Zoom quite yep. often, and I go to a networking event once a fortnight, which is nice to see other human beings. But it's it's quite a lonely life being a VA. Yeah, you know, you're, you're sat at your desk all day long, and it's it's good fun sometimes. Like the challenges that I get from some of my clients are are great. Um, I love problem solving, and I love the results that I get, but being out there selling fudge to actual human beings and seeing their face when they try it as well, especially on markets, it's great because you've got testers out. Can people come up and go, I don't really like fudge. And then they try a bit and they're like, oh, it's really nice. Can I ask you about that first market where you said um, you had a local artisan market, right? Mm-hmm. Can I just ask about how how that went, how you signed up to it? I'm, just, I'm really curious, and I'll tell you why afterwards, but I'm curious about that day, like what what it looked like, how you sort of did it, how it went. Well, the very, very first market we did was just like a little sort of kind of flea market, if you like, craft fair thing. Okay. Um, and that was just a poster in, in the local shopping centre that said, you know, there's this market at this place. Um, so we just phoned up 
rocked up and and sold our fudge that wasn't very busy i think it might be easier to explain the the artisan market in that you know obviously this is something that's been going for years so we knew it happened we just found i can't remember where we found the the contact details i think that was a poster in the shopping center as well um yeah we got in touch we booked a slot um and essentially we just we turned up laid out our stall um and and with loads how, of how much fudge did you have with you how much fudge did we have oh it's hard to remember um probably about half a dozen bags of each so we've got 10 flavors okay um i think we had half a dozen to 10 bags of each one okay um and we pretty much sold out that day um what, so we what decided were your expectations that we were, going into that our expectations were just to sell a few bags just okay. just you know just sell a bit <laughs> that that was it really we had we were have really to, lucky in did you have to pay to be on the to have a stall? Yeah, so yeah, it was thirty five quid for the for the stall, um, okay. and we were really lucky actually in that she positioned us on a corner. So there's it's the the market where we live is on a, like a U shape of street. So you've got a street going down, a street going across, a street coming back up again. Okay. And she positioned us on one of those corners. So we are, obviously we had all the traffic as it was it was coming round. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just had our tasters out and we're calling people over. Would you like to try some fudge? It's new, it's delicious, it's creamy, blah blah blah. And you know, really sort of pushing the sales. Um and yeah, and like I say, it was just it, people coming over and, and putting it in their mouths, basically. You know, we were told that by somebody, the guy that described our fudge as outstanding. He says, You don't need marketing, you just need to get this stuff in people's mouths yeah. and they will buy it. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we were doing, really, just getting people to try it and you know got a special offer on a market day is it's 350 a bag or you get four for 12 quid on a market day so yeah that, that's basically it really just you know, calling people over enticing them in and, and giving them free stuff because everybody likes free stuff so the fact the fact that you actually sold a load kind of did that help you validate that you're onto something oh yeah definitely definitely yeah you know, we had a Facebook page as well. So, you know, we were advertised on the Facebook page and, and a couple of people found us through there and phoned us up and said, oh, would you consider doing smaller packs as welcome gifts for our caravan? Um, you know, would you consider wholesale and I can stock it in my shop? So, okay. yeah, it's, that's where it's just, you know, it's all come from is, is you know, that one person who wanted to stock it in their shop. Um, we've now, like I say, we're in seven different stores. And that's, that's organic, really. It's not really advertise that just yeah. yet you know we do need to push that we could be in in many many more stores if we pushed it a bit further but yeah once you get your premises and a bit more of an industrial setup i suppose yeah exactly yeah that's the thing we do still want to make sure that we're making it in small batches though we've, we've got no intention of, of becoming like a big batch you know maker because we just is that way you'd lose a, would you lose yeah, like the taste we'd, we'd lose we'd lose it you know and and when i'm at wedding fairs especially i i say to people you know it's all handmade in small batches and that's what makes it so creamy and delicious and yeah. and that is you know that is what what makes it so amazing is that we do make it in smaller batches we don't sort of churn it out in a big vat mm. i guess is there is a noticeable difference between the small batch versus the big vat approaches yeah, there yeah. yeah definitely yeah okay Interesting. I'd like to see how it goes in the future. I'm gonna. F- I'll follow you when I get off this. Uh, we okay. stop recording. Um, okay. The last question for you, Jen, is. So I pinched this from another podcaster who gets the previous guest to ask the future guest a question, and once we finish, I'll ask you to to let me have a question for the next guest. 
That guess, uh, sorry, that question for you is, do you think more about purpose with your work now? And if so, why? Um, I wouldn't say I think more about purpose with my work, to be honest. I mean, I've, I've always been somebody who, whatever I do, I do it well. You know, I okay. always, I always <clears throat> give it my all. Um, and I, obviously to do that, you need to have a why behind it. You know, I don't, I've never really taken on, on work or jobs or anything like that, that, that I didn't see a purpose to. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess post pandemic, everybody working at home and stuff like that with the VA thing. Um, I think there is more purpose to that in that people are working at home and they're not making that time for family. Yeah. And so I think there is more of a more of a need for someone like me who can help you to separate the things that you need to do and things that you don't need to do. Okay. So that you can can have that split, you know, you can have that that separation from work and and, and other stuff. Um but I wouldn't really say that I've I see more of a purpose now than I did before. I've just I've always because you've always, always, I've, you've always yeah, had one. Yeah, I've always had a purpose. I've always I've never I've never just done a job for money, apart from okay. a cleaning job I had once, but <laughs> I still have a purpose. It's needed doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's an interesting angle to look at the VA stuff, right, from a purpose front, yeah. because I hadn't really thought about it from the angle you said about, you know, spending more time with your family. It always been, for me, you get someone to do that because it gives you some time back, but that time would be because the, the value of doing X, Y, Z is, is less or than, you know, what I could, I could um, charge myself for whatever activities. And that's the way I'd always looked at a VA business. So actually it's interesting to you to say, oh, you know, it gives you more time to spend with your family because, you know, that being cheesy, I guess that is priceless, right? Yeah. And yeah, but I hadn't exactly. really ever considered it from that angle, which is probably says more about me <laughs> than, than anyone else, but it's an interesting and you know, and viewpoint. I think I'm in in quite a good position to to be able to say this, but you know, time is precious with your children when they're small. You know, I've got my eldest child is 26, um, okay. my youngest is one, just one, two weeks Wowzers. ago. Um, so I re I can really really see it from a parent's point of view that you know it doesn't last forever. You know, I've got three older children who I barely see. You know, that they, they don't live at home; they've they've gone. I don't. Mm -hmm. I barely see them now. Um, I got a phone call on my birthday in the afternoon to say happy birthday, mum. <laughs> that's about it. You know, and I don't know whether that says something about me as a parent that you know they just don't love me, or I've taught them so well that they are spreading their wings and getting on with their own lives. You know, look yeah. at whatever angle you like, if you want. Um, but you know, you really do need to enjoy them when they're smaller. You know, yeah. and and make those memories so that. You know, I made loads of memories with my older children. You know, they, they, you know, they do. They bring those memories up. It's great when we do get together because I realise actually I'm not a terrible parent, and it's not that they've flown the nest and they don't love me anymore. It's that they've flown the nest, and you know, they've I've given them the tools they need to to get on in the world. Yeah. But I've got those memories. We've got those shared memories that we can we can look back on. And uh, yeah, because I did. I when they were younger, I didn't work during the day until okay. they were in school. Um, so I spent all of my time with them and, and I try and, and do that with the younger two as well, like the two that I've got at home now. So I tend to work mornings um, and then in the afternoons I spend time with the kids. Yeah. 
because you know obviously they go to bed about six o'clock. So. Well, the, I wish mine went to bed at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that they don't actually go to bed at six. But at six o'clock is bath time, wind down time, story time. They're usually asleep yeah. by about half seven. So. Yeah. Um, Jen, thank you for coming on this morning, no sharing your story. I, it's, I feel like there's probably loads more we could talk about. Just the fact you've got seven kids and one's 26 and one's one. Like, <laughs> yeah. I always look at my children. I mean, as much as I love them, part of me is like, right, when they get to 18, that's when you sort of you start doing things again. And you, you've, you've kind of done that once and, and, and then started again. It's incredible. But I know. It's, it's bonkers. Um, but I wanted to thank you for sharing and being so open and honest with me and my audience. What um, If anyone wants to talk to you about, I guess we'll separate into two things, but if anyone wants to talk to you about VA stuff and how you might be able to help them there, where should, where should I point people? So either find me on LinkedIn or okay. um, you know just, just email jen at jsva.uk. That's it. Okay. Is LinkedIn your social media channel of choice? LinkedIn is the place to be, yeah. Um, I did have a website, but it was absolutely awful. Um, okay. So I just, I sacked it off and I've just not got around to, to setting up a new one yet. But okay. Yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn's where I'm at. That's interesting. So you're doing pretty well, even though you've got no website. Yep. Yep. Doing absolutely fine. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So LinkedIn for the VA stuff. And if anyone wants to pick up some fudge... Fudgewithoutlimits.com. Okay. Soon to be what's the fudge, eh? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Jen, thank you so much for joining no me worries. this morning. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it.